Hi there. Nice to see ya. The name's Nine Eye, and you caught me packing for my big trip through time. Who are you? Quentin Spoon, City Postmaster, at your service. It was the year 1787. In the city of Philadelphia, the Constitutional Convention was in session. Our meeting has officially come to order. Let us all say the pledge. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 728, and together, as we have been since 2005, we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, Marvel, Star Wars, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night, events, blog, and more. Please be sure to join the community at www.radio.com clubhouse, subscribe to the podcast, and find everything else at www.radio.com. So this week, we're going to play Armchair Imagineer and get creative as we share our top 10 Walt Disney World Resort concepts, including details about theming, dining, activities, and location. Then stay tuned for our Disney trivia question of the week and more updates at the end of the show. And if you like what you hear, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. of Walt Disney World in 1971, the resorts have been an important part of the entire experience. And in fact, Walt Disney World was heralded as the vacation kingdom of the world. And with only one park, Magic Kingdom, being open at the time, the three themed resorts that came with were soon after the opening were and remain an integral part of the experience. And now with more than 30 themed resorts on property, the number of accommodations hasn't only increased, but the storytelling opportunities have as well. From themes that revolve primarily around locations to others that are interest-based, like All-Star and Art of Animation, etc., to even time periods like Pop Century, there's no shortage of ways to live your own adventure whenever or wherever you would like. But I think Walt Disney World is also on the precipice of expanding and building new resorts due in large part to the need for more rooms on property. And with great demand comes great opportunity. And so this week, we're going to do a little armchair imagineering and get, hopefully, creative as we look at our top 10 themed resort ideas in Walt Disney World. And when you hear top 10 and creative, you think of Hopefully, Walt does WWW, hopefully WDW Radio first, and then Little Timmy Foster from Celebrations Magazine and Guide to the Magic. Oh, I feel I'm a distant second to that WW Radio thing I've heard so much about. 
It's you know what it's it's like it's like the black and white cookie. They come together, WWE Radio and Top Ten. Two sides of the same coin. <laughs> and speaking of good people doing good things, longtime friend and generous contributor to our dream team project to benefit the Make a Wish Foundation of America. I want to welcome back Daniel Roberts. Hey, Lou and Tim. <clears throat> this is my ninth top ten with you guys, and I so look forward to it. And with my daughter, we write out a check, which includes my donation. And she voluntarily has given her allowance the last three years, which is $2 a week, to, as an add-on because she loves the concept. So oh, I, thank you for, I thank you for inspiring that. And yes, like me, she owns a Choose the Good t-shirt. <laughs> which you are wearing, dare I say, rocking right now. Thank you and, and thank your daughter. And, and next time you come down, hopefully the three of us can get together and uh, and share a meal again. But Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, I think the timing of this is accidentally impeccable with the recent announcement of the closing of the Star Cruiser. And not just my, but I think many people's speculation that it can or should become the, the Star Wars resort that so many people, I think, mistakenly thought it was. We just talked about it on the last show from the live WWE Live this past week. But I think there's there's a great opportunity there for more guests to experience something that is remarkable, new in the industry. And when and if it becomes modified to become more accessible, it's also going to remain an incredibly themed experience. But I think that there are many more opportunities to get creative. And so armed with your fictional unlimited budget and access to stories, characters, franchises, etc. in the Disney family, this is your opportunity or task or challenge to come up with a list of some unique, fun, beautiful, creative, inspiring, etc. resort concepts in Walt Disney World. The more detail the better, right? Not just maybe where you would put it or why, but but how you would do it. So again, um, armed with that knowledge and rules that will probably change on the fly, Daniel Roberts, because you are our oh-so-special guest, I invite you to go first, followed by you, Mr. Little Timothy Foster. So Dan and, and Tim, when you go, when you first heard about this idea, were you overwhelmed? Were you excited? Is this something, is this like an idea that has been percolating in your mind for some time? Sure. I mean, I, I love the resorts. My first was 1980, contemporary, um, very old school. And we've been to, my daughter, my wife and I have been to many of them. And it is a huge part of the trip. And um do I want more? Uh, yes. So I brainstormed with my daughter, and we came up with some doozies. And how and old your daughter? For context, how old your daughter? She's ten, and her first trip to Walt Disney World was um, she was two and a half, and we've gone sort of relentlessly. She loves it. We talk Disney. We every morning when I walk her to school, she wants Would You Rather's. Um, she is a big fan of Blue and Tim. She is all in. She is all in. So should I go with my first? Go ahead. Okay. The first one is a go with me here, or shall I say, sail with me here. It is a Disney Cruise Line themed resort hotel, a hmm. DCL themed resort hotel. Now, have we learned our lesson from the, I'm not going to say ill-fated, but the 
uh, changing in progress uh, galactic star cruiser in that people want to get off the ship, right? And do their own thing. So I think we've learned the lesson. Here's what it is. It will look like the Disney magic or the wonder, the polished wood. There will be a cabanas. There will be decks instead of floors. 15 to 17 will have uh, pools, water slides, things of that nature. The rooms will be state rooms. Some will have virtual um, portholes, and there will be ports of call, which you can look out and see uh, exotic locations, Eastern Caribbean, Western Caribbean, Alaska, maybe even Europe. As the ports of calls change, one of the dining rooms will reflect the cuisine of where you are virtually visiting. There will also be in the lobby the longest lazy river, indoor lazy river, in the world where you can uh, hitch up your inner tube at a snack stop to get an appetizer or a tropical drink. There will be not three nights, four nights, five night cruises. You could stay as little or as much as you want. You can leave the cruise ship and visit the parks. There will be tender boats to take you over a body of water. Is it Seven Seas Lagoon or Bay Lake? I don't know. The Imagineers have to come up with that. And Mr. Iger has to come up with the money for this odd but brilliant idea. I'm going to call the ship the Disney Adventure. And it is going to be a ship. And because of the name of the ship, it will also have bum, 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 an adventurer's club right on board, which we, which we certainly need. Finally, all of my ideas have... Um, lobby statues, much like the ships have their own uh, beautiful bronze statues. And Lillian and Walter Elias Disney were great travelers for their day or any day. And the statues in this hotel concept would be of the two of them uh, with their luggage on an adventure somewhere. The stores on board would also reflect the ports of call, some of the uh, indigenous things that are made and sold in the Caribbean or Alaska, et cetera. And there would be a cruise director and a captain and a cabanas. There would be, it would be all inclusive. There would be internet packages and drink packages sold. It would be expensive pending your room choice. And for those who get seasick, well, you won't because <laughs> you're, you're not going anywhere. And that is my ideal. And I'm calling it again, the Disney adventure. So Dan, I, when you first started saying it, I'm like, this guy's nuts. You still might be jury's out. However, the more you explained it, <clears throat> excuse me, the more I think this actually makes sense because I think for a lot of people like the star cruiser going on an actual Disney cruise is not necessarily av available as, as an option. It might be, the time commitment, it might be the the fear or hesitancy or inability to go on a ship because of, of seasickness or whatever it might be. It could be the cost. But sort of having this docked ship cruise-like experience where, again, you're not necessarily bound by the three, four, seven, et cetera, day commitment and can kind of come and go as you please, it might not necessarily be the craziest thing you've ever said. No, I, well, no, it's not. For At sure. least on the show. At least on the show. No, not on the show. But I just, I also think that, like, I bookended two days in the parks, a four-day cruise, and then two days in the parks, and it was a lot. Just the 
you know, the, 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 the change of scenery. Um, and it would be interesting if you love cruising, if you love the look of the cruise ships, but you want to stay in the parks and you like things that are nautical, why not? Why not? I love, see, Lou, when you were talking about people who might not be able to go on a cruise for whatever reason, I feel like you were talking directly at me because I'm that guy. We've talked about this. Mm -hmm. You tried to get me on a cruise so many times, Lou, and one day you'll (laughs) succeed. But I have I have I have long, pardon the pun, wished for this. I have long dreamed of this. Like, I love everything about the cruise ships that I see. I just can't go out there. Let's dry dock them. Let me stay there without actually going out there. But you did one better. You put it in the park. Kudos exactly. to you. I love that. I Thank love you, that idea. Thank you, Timothy. Timothy, you're you're right. I, that means it's my turn, isn't it? To which it I'm very thankful Daniel did not take my idea. So we we over in the celebrations family, we Right behind Christmas as our favorite time of year, it's going to be Halloween. We are all about the spooky, especially my daughter. And we have long wanted, and we actually did talk about this ourselves, and my daughter's first idea, only idea, only thing she'll want to do, a haunted mansion-themed resort. Oh, man. And she wants to put it, like, right in back of the haunted mansion. And when we always do this, we always have the caveat we're playing Imagineer, so we're all about the imagination. The, the engineering, the feasibility, the budget, that's someone else's problem. They're down the hall. All we're worrying about is the idea. So, But we keep thinking about so many things you could do with this because she loves the Haunted Mansion. I love it. We all do. But you take the theming of the Haunted Mansion, you carry it through to the resort. You could do all sorts of things. Of course, you have the 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 butlers and the maids walking around. You could have the cast members be in character like they've started to do with Galaxy's Edge and Pandora and things like that. They, the the lobby, thinking of the Grand Floridian lobby or the Wilderness Lodge, this lobby could be the ballroom with a grand pipe organ at the end. And we sit and relax and we listen to that pipe organ playing. You could have a seance-themed lounge. You could have thunder going on outside, lightning all the windows all the time, even though it's not really thunder and lightning outside. Even the grounds, you could do so much with uh, taking that interactive QID and expanding it and expanding the graveyards, having a hearse right outside the door. And, of course, every once in a while you have that wafting through all the (laughs) corridors and the outside. A lot of sleeping. And, <laughs> and the well, the rooms I thought about, like I, I, you might have to have different levels of this because I don't know if you want to go full blown attic theme in your bedroom. That might be a lot to take, but we'll have some of those. But for the rest of us, maybe we throttle back a little bit. But yeah, the elements like the wallpaper we love so much, and the then the furniture and the clocks with the with the hands on it the fingers on it um there's so many possibilities with this and i think for a lot of people that we talked to halloween is a favorite time of year some for some people even more so than christmas and between that and tower of terror that's their one to go to that they can never get enough of and being able to turn that into a resort would be a dream come true <clears> for <throat> lots of people myself included so i'm putting that on my list so I have a feeling, Tim, this is one that would be high on a lot of people's list, including Disney, 
because oh, yeah. if you think back, the Haunted Mansion theme, not necessarily resort, but themed rooms is, is sort mm-hmm. of a, a, a Disney concept that never was. And, and I'll share on on my Instagram and in the clubhouse this week, I'll share some of the concept art for what these rooms were going to be. Because if you think back to, it probably was 2009, somewhere around there, um, Disney had sort of put out some surveys asking people what they thought of princess rooms and royal rooms and a haunted mansion room and wellness suites. And if you remember, in 2010, Caribbean Beach got Pirates of the Caribbean-themed rooms. In 2012, Port Orleans Riverside got royal rooms. And then obviously there were other themed rooms that came later on. And if you looked at some of the haunted mansion uh, concept art, you saw that while they wouldn't have been sort of fully flushed out like a themed resort, they had, you know, hitchhiking ghosts appearing in the mirrors and floating beds that looked like doom buggies, um, haunted mansion wallpaper, bread bedspreads and, and, you know, gargoyle sconces, etc. But I too have thought for a long time about the possibility of a haunted mansion themed resort. And I sort of, go back and forth on, I think the concept has like legitimate merit. And I wonder if Haunted Mansion Resort, you know, we have to think not just about sort of the Uber Disney fan, but sort of the average Disney fan, right? And and not just domestic guests, but international guests. And would the idea of a true haunted house be too scary or, or off-putting for people? So I'll modify it a little bit, keeping it in the Disney spooky mansion theme while incorporating some of your ideas. What about this? What about a mystic manor resort, which Hmm. embodies not just the mystic manor, which I think is a top three attraction worldwide, but the, the hauntingly charming world of the haunted mansion. So you have a, spooky but immersive yet fun experience you've got the the claude coates and mark davis the the spooky and funny coming in excuse me together so you have accommodations that obviously will embody a lot of the eerie decor and the haunted artwork and the nods to iconic characters i think there's an opportunity for some you know ghostly dining experiences that capture that eerie elegance of the haunted mansion and there's this candlelit dinner and a grand dining room with cobwebs and portraits and everything that we see sort of in the ballroom and it could even be sort of a um you know th- uh, like a a hoop-de-doo sort of a, a three seatings per night type of experience but i think we can sort of even extend this idea with some like haunted excursions and haunted tours and they can sort of take guests on these immersive interactive journeys through hidden passages and there's interaction with characters and different sort of mysteries that could be add-on experiences. Again, like what I talked about, what I think can and should happen with the Star Cruiser, you don't have to sort of buy in to be locked into the mansion for three days, but you could sort of do these add-on experiences. I think there could be some cool special spectral entertainment that will sort of capture the 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 macabre charm of the haunted mansion with with music and magic shows and theatrical presentations that maybe celebrate some of the 
the iconic moments and illusions and special effects. I think you could have some cool little gardens and almost sort of faux cemeteries outside that have, you know, pathways and ghostly apparitions and, and again, fun, but atmospheric spaces. Um, and obviously, you know, the cast members will be, you know, sort of ghostly guest relations and, and dressed in the period attire in the spirit of the Haunted Mansion host. So I think Haunted Mansion, Mystic Manor, whatever we call it, I think this is one is not only very doable, but I think would be very much welcomed and embraced by guests. Hey, Tim, I have, two, I have a question. Were you picturing Victorian public spaces, um, Victorian exterior? Because I assume this is after the Disney World haunted and not Disneyland. And also, Absolutely. yeah. And then, the but modern, one I know. Yeah. Um, and then I asked both you guys, um, what do we do about young kids? Like, do you think it prescribes three to seven-year-olds? Or if we do it right, no. Well, that's why I think it has to be welcoming to everybody. It can't be scary. It can't be spooky. I think it has to even be sort of made almost a little bit less spooky than a haunted mansion itself, right? There's no sort of pop-ups. There's no jump scares. There's nothing that would potentially frighten anybody. But it leans in more towards the fun, funny, you know, spectral side, which... Again, Mystic Manor, and the part of the reason why I mentioned it is it's not a haunted mansion per se because the concept of ghosts just is is culturally different in China. But I think it affords an opportunity to create this sort of mysterious mansion that can can blend in things from Mystic Manor, things from Walt Disney World, things from Phantom Manor, wherever it might be, to sort of create this, not a haunted house, but a true sort of Mystic Manor. I, I don't it. know. I lean, I lean into the spooky. I say just <laughs> let's go for it. Tim likes to scare children. Got well, it. Just, to, just no, put to, a, put to be a, fair, because I think for people who like the Haunted Mansion and really like the Halloween vibe and all that, I, I really think letting them get a full dose of that is great. If that means it's a little too scary for some people, well, okay. Maybe, by, the, maybe. by the same token, the Grand Floridian might be a too a little too, too fancy <laughs> for your kids, or All Stars might be a little too kiddish. But the Grand Floridian doesn't so, give anybody nightmares other than what you're no, going to get your bill on the way being, out. My point being, like different resorts do cater right, different, to cater people. different not, people. Not every resort distilled everything down so absolutely everybody. I mean, you know, it's a preference thing, and I, I like the idea of having. You know, not not everybody goes to not so scary because it's too scary, yeah. but that doesn't mean they don't have it. Maybe there's two wings. There's a wing that's more family friendly. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll have the, the, the mean green wing team that's and creepy, the... and then the, we'll have the Lou and Daniel wing that that is basically fine. It's just got a little picture of that. It's like Mission Space. You got like the green team and the orange the team. team. You got, there right. you go. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's like the cruise line. Now I'll have a green team cruise line <laughs> resort that I can stay at. So same kind of thing. So. I like it. I like either I, I, way. And, bring on some. Spooky. Yeah. And listen, to be clear, I would love. Listen, I, I would totally buy into a spookier haunted mansion, but I'm trying to think, you know, <laughs> uh, executive level, trying to to make something that sort of mass appeal. Okay. Anyway, so very very quick. When we talked about this idea, I got very very excited because I love being able to put our, you know, creative hats on and really just sort of let the ideas fly. And I wanted to try and think of things that could possibly happen 
and really try and and flush my ideas out as as much as I possibly could um, to try and see what the reality of it could be, or even if along the way something that we say as a, as sort of a, a blue sky idea might eventually get brought into a resort. So I started to think about as we celebrate through the Disney hundred right now, something that would celebrate the history of the Walt Disney company in honor of Disney 100. And so I bring you Disney's legacy resorts and it pays homage to the journey and the contributions of the company and the man that immerses guests in the magic, the storytelling, the innovation, and the creativity that has really defined Disney through these past hundred years. So, for example, you could have this sort of, I I imagine this entrance that would almost not mimic, but sort of echo the feel of the magic of Main Street, that charm, nostalgia with the architecture and the vintage storefronts and the bustling atmosphere. And there's there's shops with Disney memorabilia and historical d- displays with company milestones and, and um, you know, maybe even a little a replica of like the Main Street cinema. I imagine another area that I call the, the Animation Wonderland, sort of that, that transports guests into the world of animation. They could have rooms with... Um, whimsical designs and sketches and concept art and murals inspired by some of the films. I thought, I think there's also a great educational opportunity there specifically about some of the history of Disney animation. Um, I envision like interactive exhibits and drawing classes, and maybe even there's a dedicated theater, you know, that's free that guests can go into and, and come in and out of to watch different movies I also thought about the Imagineering part of the history of the company. And so an Imagineering oasis that would celebrate the ingenuity and the creativity of Imagineers. So it would be um, sort of a a retro modern futuristic design with concept art and blueprints and models of attractions. So for those guests that can't do something like an Adventures by Disney to go see a backstage magic and go to Imagineering, you bring a little bit of Imagineering to this resort. Again, I like the idea of edutainment. So maybe there's interactive workshops there so they can learn about the process of Imagineering and create, you know, some of their own little experiences there. I think you have to to honor Mickey. So you have this sort of like Mickey's magical garden outside. Um, You could have character meet and greets out there and live performances from characters you have to incorporate Walt into his dream theater that would have um, productions that celebrate the legacy of Walt, whether they be, you know, historical documentaries or musicals or guest lectures or have Disney legends and and, and people from the company coming in to do gold um, Q&A sessions. Obviously, you need to have diner, dining that pay tribute to the culinary heritage of the company. So maybe you have a restaurant that's sort of themed after Disneyland's Carnation Cafe, a retro soda soda fountain like the old ice cream parlors and a fine dining restaurant to sort of celebrate some of the elegant restaurants of the golden age of Disney. Um, I think this is the opportunity and the place. For years, people have asked, how can we bring something like from the archives to Walt Disney World or have your own sort of Walt Disney World archives? 
maybe this is where you have an area where there's sort of a miniaturized version of the archives that has props and costumes and artifacts from not just theme park history, but film history. Maybe there's historians there and tours that really give guests who maybe can't get out and will never get to see the archives, a history not just of Walt Disney World, but the company's past. And maybe the resort has its own little nighttime spectacular with, you know, scenes and music from classic films and its projections or its own sort of little spectacular fireworks display. But I, I like the idea of a, a Disney legacy resort uh, as sort of a tribute to the, the history and the achievements and the magic of the man and the company. Brilliant. I love that so much. I'm not going to say anything until it's my turn because I have a, I have I, a, I, a related man, idea. It's a great I idea. Love I love mean, that idea. Love that idea. Because as fans, we're so hungry for nostalgia and we're so hungry for the history for the past. And we, you know, very few of us ever got to meet the man himself to have to bring behind the scenes to the lobby and the public spaces, maybe even have a, a a store that sells one of a kind, um, you know, Disney Anna. That is something I would love. I, uh, the old maps of the parks, um, learning more about the parks uh, through edutainment, as you said. And um, it's, you know, it's a type of thing where you wouldn't, you wouldn't really need to leave the hotel. Uh, at least one day on your trip, you would just sort of get immersed into the, the legacy uh, resort. And then when you, got to the Magic Kingdom, whether for the first time or the fifth, you'd have such uh, additional context. I think it's really, I would stay there in a heartbeat. Thank you. Brilliant. Good night, everybody. We're done. We're, we're hey! done. <laughs> nice, 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 nice to see you. <laughs> All right, Daniel, you're up. All right. Another go with me here. <laughs> I'm going to introduce my, I'm actually going to introduce first my companion statues for this lobby. And they are of Steve Jobs and Walt Disney, because this is the Apple, the Disney's Apple Hotel. Now, Apple and Walt Disney World, two of the top four or five entertainment content companies in the history of the world have had cooperations and a lot of what ifs. Um, Pixar comes to mind, but here's the hotel. It's everything Apple. It's state-of-the-art. It has the largest and best flagship Apple store in the lobby. There are There's an actual Apple restaurant that serves Apple foods, <laughs> like applesauce, apple soda, <laughs> apple cider, apple pizza, meat. There is also, <laughs> there is also going to be um, a very, very rare sort of merch nexus between Apple and Disney. Think if um, an Apple Watch and a, 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 a Genie Plus fan had the smartest child in the world that you can design your own. There will be a theater that will have a show dedicated to the history of both Disney tech and Apple computing. In the hotel... The rooms will be white and sleek, like Apple packaging. As an homage 
to the contemporary, there will be a moored monorail, seemingly having run off the tracks. But <laughs> instead, it's a bar and lounge. As well, I would like for this very special resort to be somewhere close to Tomorrowland, where white Apple logo monorails take you to this new gate that gets you right into the the, the Tronaverse. <laughs> the Apple Hotel would have cuisine reflecting Silicon Valley. It would have a dedicated sushi bar, which no resort has, right? Including California Grill. It would be a great sushi restaurant. Um, the rooms, everything would be iPad. Everything would just work. And the two companies would come together to figure this out and create something that maybe can never be, but in this one resort can be. These two creative geniuses coming together to make a hotel that is easy, fun, modernistic, and that lauds the relationship over these many decades between these two courting companies. This is their marriage. I have a question. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I, I imagine this scenario playing out, maybe like on a daily basis. <clears throat> Hello, sir. Yes, I'm here to check in. Oh, that's wonderful. So may, may I see your smartphone, please? Oh, yeah, here you go. <laughs> Pulls out a Galaxy or an Android. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, sir. Top Century is right down the road. You're not. No, no, no. You know what? There, that, there would be no discrimination against the Android world. But, I mean, look, if you're going to book it, and if you know it's the Apple Hotel, I imagine that 85% would maybe be Apple fans or have someone in the family with an Apple device. I don't know. No, you know what you do? You do like um, Whispering Canyon kind of stuff. And if someone's walking around, they have an Android. You get everybody just a big joke like, it's got the galaxy. I like everybody. You, uh, you had me at sushi. I'm an Apple head. I would love this hotel. This would be great. You had me, yeah. at, uh, you had me at Sushi Bar. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Tim, you're up. Juice, actually. <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> okay. Uh, so mine, mine's actually sort of in the same vein as yours, Lou. And I was worried you were going to this one little segment, so you didn't. But so picking on one little segment of Disney history that I adore, and I will say this idea I think would require weeks, months, maybe years of brainstorming. So I did not completely flesh this out, but. Mine would be a resort for all of those who have long wondered and wished if Walt Disney ever did, if he did have the opportunity to create Epcot the city the way he envisioned it, what would it actually be like? Love this. And I would love to have a resort that would answer as best as it can that question. So uh, the, uh, the resort would look like, well, it wouldn't be Epcot the whole city because that would take up a lot of room. Uh, perhaps mirroring the central tower, even though it wouldn't obviously be nearly that tall. But as I was trying to flesh this idea out, I was thinking you could pull ideas from the actual concept of the Epcot city itself and the and the the world, what became World Showcase, the World Showcase bazaars and the shopping districts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then you could draw a lot from Horizons, too. And actually, my first idea was a Horizons themed hotel. But then I thought, well, let's expand it and make this the whole thing. Somehow pulling in elements, all of them in there together, and there's a lot to choose from. And again, I didn't 
map all of this out. So there's a lot of ways you could go with this, but um, you could pull all kinds of things from early Epcot too that had that vision of the city of the future in mind from the elements of Communicore and things we saw in inventions like the houses of the future and things like that. Um, Imagineering gizmos aplenty. Uh, If you wanted to do Horizons theme and theme the rooms to the the rooms we saw in Horizons and maybe you had the space station in the seas and the desert as places you could go. One thing I would love to see if they would do this. I don't know where you would, if you would put it by either Epcot or the Magic Kingdom. Let's get that transportation system of Epcot, the city, in place and get not maybe another monorail, but let's get a people mover that goes from the resort to whichever park we happen to be close to. How cool would that be if it were Epcot? So you could, you could get that, get that uh, vibe of you take the monorail into the city and the people mover to get around and that whole thing. And so again, lots of ideas to pull from and the contemporary sort of hits on that at times. There's a little bit now because you get that early, early history of Walt Disney world before it came and a lot of monorail sleekness and goodness in between the incredible stuff. But I love to go full in for all of us, all of us who love Epcot and nostalgic Disney and wonder what Walt could have done let Imagineering loose and let's see what we could do in the, in the limited <clears throat> confines of resort, but let's have fun with So I, this is an interesting um, entry from you, Tim, because one, it will segue nicely to where I was going to go. And two, it actually, it, it seems, if I'm understanding your description, it seems to connect to what was at one point going to be a concept for Epcot. Yeah. I want you to go back to the 60s to and I think the the name was a placeholder, but did you ever hear of the Cosmopolitan Hotel? No. no. So the Cosmopolitan Hotel was meant to sort of be this hotel in the city center, a thirty story hotel and convention center, very pedestrian centric. I actually was find, able to find the quote from the Epcot sixty six film that says. Among its major features will be a cosmopolitan hotel and convention center, towering 30 or more stories, shopping areas where stores and streets, blah, 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 um, uh, theaters, restaurants, and a variety of nightlife attractions, office buildings, uh, Epcot services designed to suit the needs of local corporations. But the towering hotel is the visual center of Epcot, the shining jewel at the center of the city. It offers tourists and vacationers not only the mod- most modern guest rooms and convention facilities, but a seven-acre recreation deck located high above the pedestrian and shopping areas of the city. So, yeah, that's what I meant. But right. I, it was, I, I forgot it was called that. But yeah, you and Walt were definitely sort of in alignment. Right. When I said that this segues into where I was going, I also was going to Epcot, but in a slightly different direction. Um, we've spoken on the, on the in the past on the show many different times about the Epcot that we almost was the world showcase that was supposed to be right. Phase two of world showcase was going to include countries like Spain, Africa, Venezuela, Israel, Russia, phase three. And I'm sort of making up my own names of these phases possibly could have included the Philippines, Costa Rica, Switzerland, Denmark, and an expanded lagoon 
that would have included an Epcot resort, sort of a world showcase resort. So my idea, my concept would be like a phase four and include a resort that focuses on nations that are not already represented in world showcase. And so I bring, I I offer up for you the global gateway resort and it's one that would celebrate the cultures and traditions of countries that aren't in World Showcase, right? Maybe could never be in World Showcase, so that guests can explore these different destinations, expand their cultural horizons. And the way I envision it is you have sort of these cultural enclaves, and the resort would be divided into different sections that would be dedicated to a specific country or region. So maybe it could be inspired, and I'm, I'm thinking about, countries that we've talked about possibly coming into World Showcase before, Brazil, India, Greece, Australia, Egypt, or whatever other destination or destinations they might be. So you can be immersed, like in World Showcase, in the architecture and the colors and the ambiance of those respective countries or or regions. They would obviously have authentic dining experiences um, based on you know, the, the different tastes and culinary traditions of the countries. There would be cultural entertainment, including music and live performances and dances. Um, I envision a sort of global marketplace where you can explore and shop, not for, you know, Disney branded sort of Epcot, you know, trinkets and souvenirs, but authentic handicrafts and clothing and artwork and souvenir from those countries like you have in World Showcase now. I also think that, and and this is a consistent theme in all the resorts, it's not just a place to stay and eat and and shop, but I, I like the idea of including cultural workshops and activities. So you really get more of a deeper insight into the customs and tradition and the arts of the countries represented. Think what they do at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge and even sort of taking that up to another level. So you could learn how to, you know, play Brazilian percussion instruments and do Indian henna tattoo, Greek cooking classes, um, Aboriginal painting and and the mysteries of Egyptian hieroglyphics, whatever it might be suitable for both kids and adults and families to do together. Um, I think there's there's wonderful opportunity to create some outdoor adventures and activities inspired by the landscapes and landmarks of the countries represented. Again, almost sort of add-on experiences. You can go on like guided nature hikes through the Brazilian rainforest or Australian bush bush um, bush walks um, to sort of get a, a feel of not just what it's like. You know, inside some of the, the the architectural representations of buildings, but the outdoor wonders, you could have different cultural and seasonal festivals in there. And like what we have in, in World Showcase and, and Animal Kingdom Lodge, this idea of cultural exchange programs where you can have artists and performers and experts from these countries coming in to interact with guests so that we as visitors, not just to the resort, but sort of tangentially to these countries through these people can learn about their language and customs and traditions directly from the people that live and breathe them. So we have, I think, a much deeper and richer understanding and appreciate of global diversity. And with that, I present to you the Global Gateway Resort. I am there in a heartbeat. I love that. 
Hey Lou, would you when you made a when you make a room choice, would you have to choose a nation or a region? Would that be thematic as well? I mean, I guess you could. You know, I guess you could sort of have the option of choosing depending on what is available, or you know, spin the wheel and just and and see where you end up. Um, I guess it would be nice if you wanted to go and sort of make sure you can try and stay in different regions every time that you went. Um, or, you know, okay, come on kids. Let's just, let's just go to Disney and let's see where we're going to go and what we're going to potentially learn about. Right. Something new. It would be one heck of a, um, food court or food cart hall. Yeah. Right. Oh, eat your way around the world without going anywhere. <laughs> oh, my, my, my last question is would inclusion, um, culturally, as a region or nationality, in your hotel, preclude you from then ever becoming part of the world showcase. Would, would that suffice? In other words, possibly, possibly, because it might invite guests who aren't staying at the resort to come visit the resort, and then maybe inclined to go and stay there. Because I think, I think Daniel, for a variety of different reasons, whether they be financial, political, otherwise, whatever it might be, there there are some countries that we would love to see represented in World Showcase that for one reason or another, just it might, just might not ever happen. But this might be a way to have those, you know, almost to a certain degree, what you have at Caribbean Beach Resort, right? We have those sort of different themed islands that are the, 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 the different sort of island regions, I mean, that are represented there. While they may not necessarily be able to have their own world showcase pavilion, it is a way to go and learn more about it. And I think this is almost taking that idea, but but turning it up to eleven, or dare I say, twelve. It's beautiful. I love it. I would go. I mean, you know, it's like I'm from New York, but I love seeing representations, imagineering representations of New York City uh, in Hollywood studios. It's just interesting. And if I were uh, Danish, I, I might want to stay in the Denmark room to see what other people, how other people imagine my homeland. You know, I might not want to. I, 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 it's very interesting. I like it a lot. All right, Daniel, you're up. All right. All right. The partner statues in this is called my last hotel are of Joe Rody and James Cameron. Welcome to the Hotel Pandora, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is going to be a green hotel. Everything's upside down. Lou, it's going to have a great spa, and it's going to have a sensational <laughs> gym, amazing spa services. Um, it's going to have the world's longest and best salad bar to celebrate the beautiful planet of Pandora and all its flora and fauna. The rooms, though, will have some of the technology of the mid-22nd century when the movie takes place. It will have extraordinary pools that at night will, of course, uh, glow with many beautiful colors. It will have not the orange bird, but the orange banshee juice bar <laughs> with, the, with the face of the orange bird superimposed uh, seamlessly, ideally, onto a banshee. When you check in, you will be given a literal and virtual banshee whose adventures you can follow on your high-def TV screen at night about what he, she, or it has done that day, causing mischief in the forests and the jungles. 
It will also have the best adults-only nightclub called Avatar, where the tagline is, you check yourself at the door. What happens in Avatar doesn't happen on Earth. Welcome to the Hotel Pandora. <laughs> I'm laughing at your tagline for the nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, well, a little bit of a, like a Vegas spin on there. What happens yeah, in Pandora stays spin, right? in Pandora. But I feel like, you know, Disney adults, if you're single or you want a break or where you're with your wife or girlfriend, you can go to a place where you don't you don't have to be yourself for a few hours and dance like no one's watching type of deal. That's all. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm thrown between that and orange bird face on a banshee. <laughs> I'm not sure how to process all of this, but yeah. I, I love the idea of a Pandora hotel in, in terms of recreating the beautiful world of, of Pandora that's in Animal Kingdom. Um, right. And then no bad guys either. There, there would oh, the, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. the technology would be in the, the rooms would look modern, but would have it would have to be a perfect um, hybridization of the, the natural beauty of the, the planet and the technology of the time without the invasive element, the good guy versus bad guy stuff. Bioluminescence uh, throughout. And, you know, Bioluminescence there, everywhere. There is actually. There's there's room for a re- let's assume that this becomes a fully fleshed out concept. There is actually room for this, and it could all, there actually could be a unique because if you go behind the flight of passage building, um, there is you know there's there's cast parking there, but there's also a small waterway there, um, which you you can't obviously see from the park, but there's an Animal Kingdom guest services building there, and there's a small sort of um, funny shaped sort of like almost like a like a giant j shaped waterway that has this peninsula sticking out that i imagine that's where you could sort of have this hotel and have a way to let hotel guests get access in directly into pandora somehow much the same way you could do over at uh disney's grand floridian and and some of the resorts overseas where you can actually enter into the park if this avatar themed resort and and look it's not outside the realm of possibility with you know additional avatar films coming up in the future so you know the idea i love that you said there is that 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 about the animal kingdom and the the one thing that ultimately keeps us from staying at the animal kingdom lodge though we visit it a lot and we love it but the being able to walk or draw or boat or whatever into a park like we do at magic kingdom and epcot and all that that that's the one thing with Animal Kingdom and Anna, Animal Kingdom Lodge I missed. I wish would be a part of it that you could go walk to the park or take a boat or whatever. So adding a resort, whether it's Pandora or something else, that would be the deluxe resort that gives you park access to Animal Kingdom, whatever shape and size. I'd love that just from that point of view. But but yeah, let's make it glow in the dark, too. That's cool. Not at night, and you know it's like your wolf house at your hotel. Yeah. In the morning, it's just not. You know, there should be a mute option. That's all. All right, Tim, you're up. Okay, uh, let's see. For okay, for this one, we we're we're beach people over here. We love the beach. We love going to the shore. I'm saying this, and you're saying, but but Tim, there are already a couple beach themed resorts. They're pretty nice, and I love them. But we had a thought of, 
Why don't we take that beach ocean theme one step further and actually go in the ocean? Let's go to the bottom of the ocean and let's have an ocean themed resort. That's not it's not themed to be a human seaside resort like Beach Club or Yacht Club. We're actually going, pardon the pun, under the sea and not sure where you put. I think when we when first were talking about this as an idea, well, we'll put it behind the living seas, of course, um, which, hey, that would be cool. But you could pull elements from there in terms of your maybe sea base alpha is fully fleshed out, the sea base alpha of old that we all remember. And this is this is where you are. And I don't know the practicalities of doing this, but going back to the idea of Space 220 over on the mission space side, where you take your space elevator up to the restaurant and then marrying that with the hydrolators. Remember those hydrolators <laughs> from the living seas. Maybe that's how you enter the hotel or get to your room. And I understand the practicalities of that and waiting in line just to take this little ride to get to your room is maybe too much. We'll work on that. We'll, we'll workshop that part, but you could have so much fun with the theming of this. Uh, you could have, Windows that have a virtual view out to the bottom of the ocean floor. I haven't reconciled how your actual view outside your window that's above ground. We'll, we'll go with the rest of this resort, but we'll figure that out. Because I can't see enclosing everything so you can't see outside. That would be silly. We'll figure it out. Maybe we'll say they're fake windows to remind you of the world above. But the, imagine the pools you could have, uh, natural bottom pools with even snorkeling areas. and And maybe this is where you could do some introduce some guest experiences that we don't all get to do, um, whether they're at a Typhoon Lagoon or if you have your diving certification to do it Living Seas, but things like, you know, swimming with the fishes or petting the rays or dolphins, like things like that you could do over there too. Um, the restaurants, of course, could be fantastic. The Coral Reef is one of our favorite restaurants. So you could expand that idea. And the lobby thinking of, uh, of having aquariums all over surrounded by aquariums. I, I think the living seas aquarium in size has since been surpassed by a mm. aquarium that is in the lobby of a hotel somewhere in, in China or somewhere, but having something like that would be really, really cool. And I do kind of go back, like how are the rooms going to be themed? And I'm, I'm, I, I want to hold back on going totally overboard with this because as we think about like the grand Floridians and Polynesians and wilderness such, they have their themes, but I don't think any of them go like 24 seven, totally in your face enough to make you sick of the whole thing. Some there's subtlety at play here. So you do some of that too, but anyway, having a let's go under the sea uh, resort, I think would be fun tying it into living seas, even tying it back into horizons. Like we talked about before with that component, that'd be a lot of fun and giving it an element of you're actually under the ocean and have things going on. Like those hydrolators. Oh, I miss those hydrolators. And it rained and rained and rained. And rained. The, deluge. the deluge. So yes, you have the deluge. <laughs> so All the I time, dig because it never rains at Walt Disney. I dig this, Tim, because I, I too, I was trying to think of a some sort of a, a an ocean theme, a maritime theme, a nautical theme resort. I, I love the water. I, I love the ocean. And then I tried. I was like. I came with a, with a few different ideas and I didn't sort of pull the trigger in terms of going too deep into it because I wanted to keep my list relatively top 10-ish. Because I think there's a few different ways you could potentially theme this to even make it 
more interesting, more attractive, not just to adults, but to kids. So if you want to have something that is is water themed, you could almost have like one of my ideas was like an Atlantis expedition resort. Um, so you mm. have this mythical city of Atlantis, but you have windows, these huge windows that overlook these beautiful coral reefs and marine life. And there's an aquarium and snuba or snorkeling, you know, lessons and experiences and almost like a little mini water park with, with pools and slides. Um, another, then I was like, you could almost do Moana, but I think you sort of have that in, um, in, in the Polynesian, mm-hmm. you could almost theme it. And, and I think the Atlantis animated film films, I know the second one didn't get as much love as the first, which didn't get a lot. Anyway, you could almost sort of, and I think it, I honestly, I'll, as a quick aside, I think the Atlantis franchise still has merit to almost be rebooted again, but you could almost maybe be inspired by Atlantis, the lost empire. And you could have these futuristic Jules Verne, like submarine designs and interactive exhibits with, you know, or virtual reality experiences to explore the lost city. And you can go on like treasure hunts and have a a themed restaurant with cuisine from the movie. So there, there could be sort of just a basic ocean themed resort, or there could be one that could tie into, you know, a fun story as well. I love it. Make it happen. How so, about my uh, Disney Cruise Line concept? You have Disney Cruise Line moored at sea and Disney Cruise Line that crashed under the ocean that we can incorporate that with. The, the folks, the lawyers <laughs> at DCL, probably not going to like the idea of a crash yeah, yeah, Disney Cruise Line. Yeah, not, not good at all. Maybe not good from a, a, a PR perspective. All right. So I um, I, I really sort of expanded out on on my ideas for three other resorts. I know we're sort of getting close to, I don't know how many more we have, but um, all right, this one might be ridiculous, but I'm going to throw it in here anyway, just just for fun discussion. And again, you never sort of know what other ideas it might um, ignite. So I'm a nostalgic. Right. I, I am a nostalgic that grew up in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. I'm still a kid at heart. So I love things like pop century. But I think that the idea of nostalgia and sentiment and simpler times and days gone by resonates not just with me, but with a lot of people. I think not just domestically, but international guests. So I present to you Disney's time travel retreat, which takes guests on a journey through time that allows them the opportunity to explore different historical eras and experience sort of the magic of kind of time travel within the world of Disney. So the accommodations, these sort of temporal accommodations are designed to reflect different historical periods. So you can stay in a Victorian era mansion. You can stay in a medieval style castle or a 20s, you know, inspired jazz age hotel that's very specifically themed to transport you metaphorically to a specific time period with, you know, decor and amenities. There are obviously historical dining experiences. So whether it's a Renaissance banquet hall, a 50s diner, a Victorian, you know, tea room, the menus will also reflect the cultural traditions of the different areas. So you can savor the flavors of those time periods. Maybe there's even some, you know, time travel like attractions within the resort for 
guests themselves that combine storytelling and special effects to give a much more reacher. Again, I'm thinking sort of almost edutainment, right? Educating through entertainment. Uh, you can have interactive exhibit exhibits and displays that talk about some of these different historical periods with hands-on activities and, you know, maybe let kids or adults or guests try on period costumes or learn traditional crafts or historical games and entertainment, getting a sense of what life really was like, you know, turn of the century um, or early days of America and, and having that sort of time centric entertainment with, with music and, and songs from those different eras and theatrical performances that maybe are depicting in an entertaining way, some of these, historical events and then you have to have I'll, I'll bring in sort of the adult but it's for kids at some point too you can have the time travelers club where you can sort of go in and there's it, when i say club i don't mean like club i mean a club where you can gather to sort of participate in different sort of time themed activities whether it's workshops on historical topics or interactive games challenges and scavenger hunts I think, and I was inspired by the old um, um, uh, Astronomers Club that was going to come into Tomorrowland, but imagine having um, uh, character performers who who portray different historical figures so that you're going in and you can talk to a Galileo, you can talk to different characters and people, whether they be famous or not, from different periods so you can appreciate the cultural heritage of different times. So in my World Showcase Resort and in World Showcase proper, you go and appreciate the cultural heritage of people living in this time. Imagine if you could have those conversations with people who are representing what life was like in Victorian era America or in, you know, in the twenties or whatever these different periods would be. Um, you know, it allows you to connect not just with those characters, but with fellow sort of time travelers uh, to sort of delve deeper into the world of history a little bit. And uh, it promises an extraordinary journey, um, you know, through time within the realm of Disney. So like I could talk to Aristotle and pick his brain or something like that. Possibly, possibly. Or somebody who knew Aristotle, like I, yeah, Aristotle's not here, but I know. (laughs) That's fascinating. That'd be the perfect cover for a time traveling spy from the future. To I love the time travel club though, because you could the way you would decorate that would be wild. Like the Imagineers would go to town on that. And it's okay if you pull your kid out of school because they're going on a historical learn. But seriously, think about the educational opportunities for kids who are learning in this in this real world three dimensional environment about things that you just wouldn't be able to get necessarily from a book. I, I, I mean, fun museums work. I know from my daughter, you know, from your kids that boring museums, they, they don't work. You're, you want the food and, and the fun and games, with, but fun museums work. And this would be a very fun museum. Will this let me ask the Phoenicians once and for all if they invented the <laughs> I have like, Lou, I have like a couple honorable mentions, but if you guys have full ones, please feel free to go. I have I'm left down. I have a half an idea. That's all. I have. All right. Do your half of an idea. I will I will I'll, I'll take one off my list. I'll explain why. And then I'll share my last one. And then we can just throw some honorable mentions in. So 
Tim, give us your half bait. Well, Daniel's this Daniel's turn. If he's got something he wants to. Okay, I have one that I think Lou will like. Um, it is a hotel entirely devoted to very high end dining. Think Michelin one to three star restaurants from around the world. It is for Disney foodies. It is an elegant boutique hotel with five restaurants, lunches and dinners, wine pairings. They will be exact um, simulacrums, exact representations of high-level Michelin-star restaurants from around the globe. You come here. You can go to the parks during the day. You can skip lunch or dinner. It's a lot. Two rich meals. But you're here only for the dining. I don't know how they would package it, but it would be for Disney foodies. And there is a group. You know, it's the Paolo and Remy folks. It's the uh, Victoria and Albert folks. There isn't that much variety in the highest end dining. I'm not a, a haute cuisine person, although I love extraordinary sushi and I've been to Michelin star sushi places. Um, I don't like to sit that long at dinner, but I know people who adore it and would love to do it in a setting that I think only Disney could do properly. And to have the variety in one place of four or five top-notch restaurants overseen by the proteges of the, the, the chef de cuisine of the original restaurant, where the experience is exactly the same as if you're in Japan, if you're in uh, Denmark, if you're in uh, San Francisco, if you're in New York City, you know, it will look the same, it will taste the same, and you could do it all. You could do it all on a four or five day vacation. You could expand your culinary horizons. They'll give you a cookbook, menu book. They'll give you menus of everything you ate. You'll be there, as Lou says, in T-shirts and live on this podcast. You'll be there for the food, unashamed. The cost, I don't know, but it's going to be a lot, brothers and sisters. However, you could only do it at this hotel. Name of which, I don't know, but I'm thinking the, the, uh, the cuisine of Disney World or something like that, something better. But I would be interested. I'd still go to the parks, but my job would be to taste and learn. I, I, I'm sure that there is a, I mean, just based on, like you said, Paulo, Remy, Victoria and Alberts, um, even high end experiences like, like Takumi Tay, um, there's definitely a, a market for people. That, although I will tell you, I'm actually, I, if I had a choice between going to Victorian Alberts or wearing my stretchy pants and going to what I'm sure is going to be my new favorite restaurant, the Japanese Izakaya that's coming to the Japan Pavilion, I will always go for sort of the more casual sort of laid back type of experience over getting all. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> Absolutely. I just think there's an, I think there, I think there's a, there, there's a, 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 a well-to-do niche group who would say, who are maybe their empty nesters or their foodies are a little older, um, who would be like, I can go to Disney World and eat this well. It sounds like you're describing wonderful. Tim. You're basically describing Tim Foster. I just <laughs> want to know, is this a place where Beverly will not only be tolerated, but nay, celebrated and welcomed as it rightfully should? <laughs> and that hey, explains, that explains <laughs> why. <All right. laughs> 
All right, Tim, what are your um, what are your 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 half-baked no, idea and final concepts? I had kind of a half half one here. Um, and it'll make sense why I think I, I was thinking some of these other resorts like a C's one. I was I was holding back on going over the top with the theming and the characters and the Disney IP and all of that. But then I thought, hey, on the other side, let's go all in on one and let's do a castle themed resort fantasy resort. Let's just do it. Um, we'd love to all stay in the castle. Maybe all of us do. I don't know. But we can't. So let's make a resort where we can do that. What it looks like, I don't know. We don't want to compete with that. That There's a pretty nice castle in Magic Kingdom, so we don't want to steal any of its thunder. But you could add different wings to this. You could add a Cinderella, Snow White-themed area, Beauty and the Beast-themed area. I'm thinking of animatronics like we see in Enchanted Tales with Belle of Lumiere. You could have Cogsworth and Mrs. Potts and Chip and so forth. Uh, Perhaps you see a shadow of the seven dwarves wandering off to work as hi-ho plays in the background. And I think having an Elsa's Ice Palace-themed resort would be nothing else really cool to visit. I'm not saying go so far as to make it like the ice hotels they have in Norway and so forth. That's a little maybe over the top. But make it look like it's snowing outside. Make the pool themed uh, like a snowy ice low kind of place but kind of like blizzard beach with the frozen theme so i that i got that far with it and i was wondering uh conceptually as we get into this i was wondering if it might run into issues with same idea when we were going to have all kinds of castles in new fantasy land and when uh, tangled was going to be called rapunzel's when we throttled back on those ideas wondering if it's all castles and princesses of whether it's too narrowly focused but i think we'd workshop that we'd come up with a solution maybe think it's actually not an issue after all and we just go ahead i don't know if we would make a pirates of the caribbean themed wing or not but uh anyway that's as far, that's as far as i got with it because i think you'd have a lot of discussions along those lines but i think having a hotel themed like that that's all in it's all disney this is a place where you're going to be disney 24 7 and you're not getting a break you're in and there are people who i'm sure would actually love that idea and uh would be all in to something that was done to the nines like that i i could see and then, you know what I, they could do? They actually put like an indoor ice skating rink, which they actually had. A, yeah. you know, they had a, an indoor ice skating rink once at Hollywood Studios. Really? They Gosh. did. They did. Uh, it was, I'm trying to remember what it was promoting or what it was for. I did it. I went on it. Like you could, you got a helmet. I think it was like, it may have been like for the release of Frozen. But that would there make was, sense. They <laughs> took where the old Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Play It was, that, that sort of area mm-hmm. there. I'm ninety seven point seven percent sure that's where it was, and yeah, you donned a helmet, you got your ice skates, and there was an indoor ice skating rink. It was a short, it was a short period of time that it was there. There's a video of me ice skating or attempting to ice skating somewhere. I need this buried need on the internet video. somewhere. I need this video. <laughs> um, all right, so I will give you. Do you have any any other honorable mentions or thoughts? I'm done. Okay, I, I have one little mini one, but okay. it's not necessarily tell. It's an idea. <clears throat> Assuming that one day they bring back the Fast Pass Plus, which will be a money grab, um, and, and get rid of the, the Genie Plus, I would love a restaurant, a breakfast restaurant that was based on the New York Stock Exchange, where you would buy, sell, and trade prior to rope drop your Fast Pass Pluses. That's all I got. 
He want people's brains okay, to fall out of their head, as if as if it's, if it's not complicated <laughs> enough to go to Disney World. <laughs> That's all I got. All right, so I had two other ideas, and I'm going to take one off the table, but I'll mention it just because it it was. I think I'm surprised nobody has mentioned it before. I think we would love to sort of see some sort of like a Marvel superhero adventure resort, you know, with heroic headquarters and themed accommodations and we take the superhero training academy from cruise line and, and really sort of expand on what it could be um there could be it's i imagine sort of like adventure themed like heroes gauntlet with different types of attractions and marvel well, experiences i was gonna say it but i was afraid you were gonna give me the legal smackdown and then cut me well, off I, I, so. I mean I, I would i would never give you a smackdown but <laughs> One, yes, that's part of it. Two, I wanted to sort of give you free reign, you know, just well, in case. Of course I'm in for a Marvel. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to shelve that instead because I had, I looked back at my list, right? And I had sort of this time travel. I had this global gateway resort and I had this Disney legacy resort. I said, let me try and do something that is a little bit more fun. Maybe create something that is based on a Disney movie. And, and the environments that it, it brings in and the opportunities. And my mind went right to Big Hero 6. And so I oh. present for your review the San Francisco Resort that brings together the vibrant, futuristic city of San Francisco that, once again, I, I want to create something that is going to be immersive and inspired by the film. So it's the obviously San Francisco inspired architecture with it, it combines the sort of the the icon uh, the iconography and the landmarks of San Francisco with Tokyo's futuristic elements. So and that and the blending of cultures that are in the film. So there's high-rise towers with these sweeping panoramic views and streets with colorful facades. So you get sort of that energy of the city. Again, I want this to be not just a resort, but experiential. So there is a, uh, I'll sort of extract this from the, the Marvel idea, a, a hero training academy, hero, H-E-R-O and H-I-R-O, where you can sort of engage in these interactive experiences inspired by the Big Hero 6 team, whether it's virtual reality or physical or problem solving activities. You can, you know, build up your own superhero skills and become part of the Big Hero 6 team. But then I thought about Baymax, right? I love the character of Baymax, not just because we share that same, you know, non-threatening, huggable design, but what about what about having like a Baymax wellness center? So it is a state-of-the-art wellness center themed around Baymax that focuses on health and relaxation and rejuvenation. So think about a spa experience but a little bit different there there's yes you've got spa treatment and fitness classes but you also get personalized health assessments and it promotes well-being and encourages guests to adopt not just while they're there but when they leave a healthy and balanced lifestyle the same way that Baymax was trying to do that of course, goes in line, may fly in the face with the San Francisco street market because, again, you have to have <laughs> the food stalls and the shops and the entertainment and the, the cool fusion cuisine and, and souvenirs and, and live performances going on in the streets. And it takes on a different um, uh, 
feel and vibe at night. Again, I think you can combine some of these projections and fireworks to sort of bring the city to life. You're going to have encounters with some of the big Hero 6 characters, Hero and Baymax and Gogo and, and Honey Lemon. Um, so you can sort of step into the world of Big Hero 6, not just from the characters from the film, but I think sort of this, the the cultural blending of San Francisco and Tokyo and the health aspect of it um, that you can incorporate into the resort as well. I have a question, Lou. Is San Francisco like a future by way of the past? Is it, is it at all steampunky? Like what, what, what do you think it will look like or what will your hotel look like? So I think it, I, and, and actually it'll be interesting to see when it's built over in Disney California Adventure, which is why I think there's that this is actually a viable idea because although Big Hero 6 came out a number of years ago, I think it's still very popular. They've done a number of, of shorts. They're building a San Francisco there. So I do think it combines a little bit of that modern futuristic design with a little bit of sort of that uh, retro San Francisco and retro Tokyo fusion that, that you have in the city. Because I think the visuals from San Francisco in the film are beautiful. I've watched Bigger Six a number of times. Over the, I watched it when I was on my last Disney cruise. I watched it again when I came home, sort of in the background working. And I was really paying attention less to what was happening in the foreground and more about what was happening in the background. And that's sort of what, what sparked the idea. Got it. So, um, all right. Very quickly, because I just had way too much fun you know, letting the, the creative juices flow. I'm just going to throw out non-fully realized concepts just just for giggles. So, that's right. Let me try and come up with some ideas based on Disney movies and characters. Again, we want to appeal to the Disney fan and adults and kids. And, you know, there's, there's a few locations throughout Walt Disney World that are islands that either served other purposes in the past, could serve other purposes in the future, were meant to serve other purposes at, at different points. What if we had a little Neverland Island resort, a little magical island retreat inspired by Peter Pan that could have like little pirate ships and hidden tree houses with treasure hunts and pirate-themed water activities and storytelling by the campfire and, and encounters with Peter Pan and Hook and Tinkerbell, etc. Um and I, and I think I would know where I would actually put this, right? I spent a lot of time looking at the map. What if you did like a Zootopia Metropolitan Resort near Disney's Animal Kingdom? So you're immersed in this bustling city and inhabited by these anthropomorphic animals with a lot of different, you know, modern and eclectic de decor representing different sort of animal habitats. And it could have, you know, a ZPD themed detective experience and themed animal dining options, etc. Um, I had an idea for an Incredibles themed, like an Incredibles themed hideout. Um, again, I, I sort of I love the 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 visual aesthetic of the sleek and modern design of the Incredibles, and and I can imagine virtual reality type experiences and a sort of a high tech crime solving adventure, much like the Midship Detective Agency on Disney Cruise Line. Um, I also thought about Marvel again, right? So if I'm going to abandon my sort of overall Marvel-themed resort, what if we built, and this could be a resort, it could be an experience, it could be, I'm not exactly sure, but what if we built, as was, was referenced in the original Black Panther film, a Wakandan retreat and international outreach center? Because at the end of the film, 
uh, T'Challa says, you know, I bought this building and that one and that one. And this is where the first Wakandan International Outreach Center is going to be built. It obviously never was in the films, but this could be a way to sort of step into the advanced nation and world fictional, obviously, of Wakanda. But it's inspired by the African culture as well as the technological marvels of Wakanda and rooms could have sort of this mix of traditional and futuristic designs. And I don't know what a vibranium inspired experience would be, but some sort of, you know, but, and lessons on Wakandan and, and African traditions and warrior training and, and a, a great sort of restaurant as well. And now as, as was mentioned in infinity war, this will have a Starbucks, right? <laughs> of course it will. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I had more, but I think th I think that is enough for now because I, I was going to touch on one that was inspired by an old idea for a hotel, and I'll only leave you with this: that it was going to be not near, but at Magic Kingdom. I, I know in the past I have touched on um, on show ninety one. We talked about lost resorts of the Magic Kingdom. Maybe I'll make that the archive show this week, so you can go back and listen to some of those lost resorts. Because I think there's, I think there's great ideas that were never realized from those resorts. Um, back on show six thirty two and six thirty three, we also talked about some other resorts in terms of unrealized Walt Disney World attractions of the Disney decade. I'll link to both of those in the show notes. Uh, but I do want to think, I think I want to do sort of the lost resorts of Walt Disney World and touch on some more of these that never got to be built, maybe can inspire future resorts, or maybe there's a way to sort of piecemeal take elements of some of these original concepts and create the next Disney resort. Because as I said at the outset, I do believe we are on the cusp of having new resorts being announced. I know the Reflections Resort was announced, construction started uh, on it a number of years ago. It was halted for obvious reasons. We don't know if that will ever be resurrected, but there is a need, there's a demand for more space on property. And with that, I think also comes great opportunity to create some fun, entertaining, interactive and yeah maybe even educational opportunities within the resorts as well so i would also like to know from you not you daniel not you tim but you our friend who is sitting here listening and hopefully imagining and blue skying ideas as well what is your idea for a walt disney world resort concept you can let me know one of two ways, you can call the voicemail. I'll play it on the air at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Or come be part of the community and conversation. I will post this question in the clubhouse over at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. Then when you're done with all that, make sure you go head on over to celebrationspress.com. Subscribe or pick up the next issue of Celebrations Magazine. Subscribe to the Celebrations Podcast because you could never have enough Timmy Foster. And what else are you cooking up over in the Celebration Labs? I'll mention real quick. Episode 48 of the Celebrations podcast. We actually kicked this question around. So, and I hesitate sending you there because you'll realize how many other people's answers I stole in this show. But it's, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> to um, big announcement time, Lou. I don't, you might not even know this. So real quick, a few years ago, we put out a book, 112 Disney lists. Speaking of top 10 lists, this was our list book full of attractions, movies, characters, all sorts of things. So 
Big news number one, we're updating that for 2023. There's a couple new entries on Fastest Attraction in Walt Disney World. You may mm-hmm. have heard of these that just opened. Where did they stand? Who knows? Even bigger, we are putting out 112 Disney lists, volume two. What? All new lists, all new content. These are both going to be out in early June, and we're going to be launching officially very soon. But that's that's the big announcement from my little corner of the world. Are these physical books? Are these digital Physi- books? Physical, physical books, real books. Paperback, 280 pages. You can leaf through them. You can smell the pages. You can tear them out. You can make paper airplanes. Do whatever you want. Yes, they're real real books. I am making room both on my shelf and my coffee table <laughs> for the copy that I hope you send me or that I will buy um, as soon as it comes out. So oh, you clearly have to buy these. Purposes. That's fine. That's no. Fine. So... <laughs> <laughs> I will obviously link to Celebrations Press and uh, where you can find Celebrations on social as well. And uh, Daniel Roberts, anything that you would like to plug? Um, I only, I'm only i a private equity guy, a venture capital guy, so I have funds, but most of them are closed. And I think that was Peter Fong plug, but <laughs> I did write a, uh, my first novel uh, called Barmaid which became a USA Today bestseller, and that is available on Amazon.com. Admittedly, it is not Disney-oriented. It is sort of a dark romantic comedy set in me and Lou's special age, which is the mid to late 80s. I... And I'm sorry, the only other thing I'll say is that my second novel, which will come out, is called Ponder um, through Simon & Schuster, and that does take place in Walt Disney World. Oh, more on, that, more on that to come. Interesting. I have my copy of Barmaid. I will link to where you can find Barmaid on Amazon.com and Daniel Roberts, Little Timmy Foster. This was a lot of fun uh, playing Imagineer, playing around with some blue sky concepts and, and seeing where these takes us. Uh, it will be interesting to see what the future holds uh, in Walt Disney World for resorts, uh, for immersive, entertaining experiences, and of course, the dining options that will come along with it. Uh, I love and appreciate both of you, and I look forward to our next top 10. And by the way, if you, our friend, have an idea for a top 10, let me know. Shoot me an email, lou at www.radio.com, and who knows, we might cover it on a future episode. So gentlemen, and I use that term loosely, thank you very much. Thanks, buddy. My bags are packed. I'm ready. Thank you, bud. Okay, of all the resorts that we talked about if you could stay in one tomorrow what would it be um dcl my disney cruise ship one. Oh, we're allowed to pick our own oh no 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 i would say lose <laughs> legacy for the shopping you can pick your own yeah you can pick your own it's fine no i, mean, I would say mansion hotel i would never stay in the haunted mansion hotel that would freak me out <laughs> <laughs> that would freak me out <laughs> You really like, I jumped the shark with the, the orange bird banshee, but you jumped the shark with the the hourly uh, wolf howling. <laughs> oh, that's incorrect, but that's okay. Lou is the only adult in this, in this dark room. time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see, hear, remember, maybe even tasted. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. 
And this week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by you. Because as part of the WDW Radio Nation, you help bring every episode of the show to life, every live broadcast, the contests and giveaways. They're all thanks to and by, for, with, and about you. And you can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar per month and get exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, trivia quests, take part in our monthly group video calls, get access to our private Facebook group, get shirts, stickers, monthly care packages from the parks, and much more. And don't forget that a portion of your contribution to the nation goes to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Thanks to you, we've raised more than $550,000. I appreciate your love, support, friendship, and help, not just to me and the show, but to Make-A-Wish. And I love giving back and saying thank you each and every month. I want to thank some new and longtime members of the Nation family, including Brian Lackey, Stephanie Z, Courtney Rollins, and Renee Borges. To find out more or become a member of the nation, you can visit www.radio.com support. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I asked you to tell me where in Walt Disney World can or could you once find propeller heads? Now, this one was a little or a lot tricky. You had to go back, way back to the early days of Pleasure Island to find propeller heads, which was an arcade. And to sort of picture where it was, it was sort of west of the location of the Pleasure Island Jazz Club, which eventually became Raglan Road, in a location that is sort of now where Wineboard George sits. There was a small location there that housed Propeller Heads Arcade and was eventually replaced by the original location of Sosa Cigars. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a WW Radio mug, pin, and a mystery prize, and last week's winner, randomly selected, is Sarah Shabin. So, Sarah, congratulations. I'll send your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, as long as we're talking about resorts, let's stay at the resorts, because the All-Star Sports Resort, speaking of themes, is actually divided into five different areas, each with a different sports theme. What are the five different sports represented by the buildings and themes at Disney's All-Star Sports Resort? You have until Sunday, May 28th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. Again, you're going to play for a WW Radio mug, pin, and why not? Another mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I know how valuable your time is. It's a limited commodity. I appreciate you spending and sharing some of it with me. Don't forget to be part of the community and conversation over in the clubhouse at www.radio.com clubhouse. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. Or if you want to leave a voicemail with a question, a comment, or just a hello from the parks, you can call at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. You can also connect with me on social. I'm at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Please be sure to like the WW Radio page on Facebook at facebook.com slash Radio and turn on notifications and join us every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live. 
And you'll definitely want to turn on notifications and follow along on my Instagram and Instagram stories over the next couple of weeks as I'll be traveling someplace special and sharing that with you through the live and stories and reels as well. Also, be sure to visit the WDW Radio events page at wdwradio.com slash events for information about our next meet of the month, our Nat Geo River Cruise this December, and our Adventures by Disney to London and Paris, which is currently sold out, but we are taking names on a first-come, first-served wait list. Also, thank you to everybody who came out for our last meet of the month at Scat Cats Lounge at Disney's Port Orleans French Quarter Resort. We had an amazing turnout. It was so great to see old friends make new friends in an amazing venue. And thank you to the entire staff of cast members and band over at Scat Cats for being so welcoming and inviting. And if you want to join us at any of our upcoming events or create your own adventure on your next upcoming vacation, please go and get a free no obligation quote from our friends over at Mouse Fan Travel. It's who I have recommended partnered with and most importantly used and trusted for more than 16 years and it's not just about their fee-free service but really the level of personal attention that they give to every client again you can get a no obligation quote for any of your destinations at mousefantravel.com please also visit the brand new lumangelo.com to find out how i can help you turn what you love into what you do by working with you through one-on-one coaching small group masterminds and my momentum weekend workshop coming up this fall in walt disney world Through practical and tactical lessons and strategies we can learn and use in interactive workshops, it is based on inspiration, education, impact, and community. And you can take advantage of the super early bird special going on now, ending soon. And also note the event has sold out every year. We're about 50% sold out now. So visit lumangelo.com slash momentum for more information and get your ticket. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Tell a friend to share a link to this or your favorite episode on the show. If you can, take a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast. I want to thank Tim Boss 351 who said, if you don't listen to Lou, can you really say you're a true blue disney fan lose podcasts are the end all of disney podcasts wow thank you information entertainment and so many great interviews with so many of the great guests associated with disney over the years including some amazing imagineers take your fandom up 10 levels and listen to wdw radio good luck catching up he says tim boss thank you very much and finally and most importantly thank you my friend and we are friends whether we have met yet or not Thank you for allowing me to share my love and passion for Disney with you. Thank you for creating and making our WW Radio community and family such a warm, welcoming, fun, and friendly place. And thank you for hopefully always remembering to choose the good, to find the good in everything and everyone that you encounter in a world full of so many countless choices, it is up to us to make a difference, one person, one act at a time. So choose the good every day. Choose empathy over apathy, understanding over judgment, and generosity over greed. Choose to lend a helping hand, to spread joy, and to seek out the good in all situations, and most importantly, in all people. I love you. I appreciate you. So until next time, see ya. Hey Lou, it's Christine Morrison in Flowertown, Pennsylvania, and you had me at Nomad Lounge. So, I've had a loving romance with Nomad Lounge. The first time I went was during the last Momentum. We went on one of our, I think it was our post-Momentum day. We went to Animal Kingdom for the day, and I was like, guys, we have got to go to Nomad. So, I got in line an hour before opening and when when my son saw our seats outside and he saw the sofa 
he was like gasping, eyes wide open, because he is literally my gentle old man soul who constantly is looking for somewhere to sit down and get off his feet. And he was like, oh, my God. And he launched himself into that couch. And he's like, can we stay here all day? So that was our first experience. Then on our trip in December, we went to Animal Kingdom twice and twice at 10 o'clock. I said, guys, I'm going over to Nomad, stand in line. I'll text you when it's time. And everybody congregated at Nomad Lounge. The second time we were in line for Kilimanjaro Safari, and I was like, Dad, um, it's almost 10 o'clock, and I don't think we're going to make it. Should we leave the line in, to go over to Nomad? So he was like, absolutely. So we, we left the Kilimanjaro line and went to Nomad. It's that good, people. My, I'm gluten-free, so I like the High Tower Rocks is my drink. It's fully rocks, haha. And I get the pork belly, the bread, gluten-free bread service, and the gluten-free churros. So that is my trifecta of lusciousness at the Nomad Lounge. I will definitely be getting one of Amanda's shirts. And that was a fantastic episode. I love hearing you guys doing them again. Connor cracks me up. Every time he opens his mouth, he is hilarious. So I'm so glad to hear him on there. Lisa, love you. Amanda, love you. Core Memory Candles, amazing. That's all we buy anymore. So anyway, that's that. Everybody make someone smile. Have a wonderful weekend. And talk to you soon. Bye.